Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All righty. Coolio. So, um, the worst thing, one of the worst feelings in life is to wait. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting is horrible. You put me in traffic and you might hear me say some stuff that I would probably regret. And like, I, I'll confess it, you know, I, I'm going to be transparent with you. I hate waiting in traffic. Or you slow text me, we are not going to be friends. Or I slow text you, we are not going to be friends. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But how many of us know it's hard to wait? Especially when we're waiting on God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you've been praying and you're waiting on God. And you're like, God, I want to be married. I want to have a spouse to complete me. Or you've been praying to God and you're waiting on God. You're like, God, I want you to help my marriage. Well, I'm going through a rough patch right now. I want you to help me in my marriage. Or you're waiting on God. God, I want to be pregnant. Or I want you to take me out of my depression. Or I want you to take me out of my debt. And you're waiting so long. And you've waited so long. And you start to wonder, is he even listening? Does he care? Is God even there? And if you've ever felt like God is taking too long, I want to tell you that Jesus understands. And today we're wrestling with this question, and the title of my message is this, Are you here? Are you here? Turn to the person next to you and ask them, Are you here? Are you here? Let's pray together today before we get started. God, we want to thank you. We want to honor you. We want to praise you, Jesus. God, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for this time that we could gather here today and bless you and worship you, Lord Jesus. God, as we learn about your scriptures and your word and what you have in store for us today, open up our hearts to receive it freely, joyfully, and cheerfully, Lord God. And we thank you right now that you would give us peace and understanding. And we thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are in a series called Being There. Okay. And we are in episode two today and we're talking about are you here? Because if you're ever facing any pain, any difficulties, or if you're enduring a challenge today, the good news is Jesus has been there. And if you hate waiting on God, it helps you to know that Jesus had to wait too. Because if you think about it, right, Jesus had to wait because even as he was a, when he was a child, he already knew what his mission was. He was to come in to seek and those who were lost. And then he had to pay his, with his life as a ransom for our sins. He had to die on the cross as a pure lamb of God, as a sacrifice. And despite knowing this, Jesus had to wait until 30 years of age until he started his public ministry. 30 years. If a show buffers for three seconds, I'm watching a different show. 
Jesus had to wait 30 years. And so when we think about that, you know, we become so impatient and we become so obsessed with time. Like I am, I, I sometimes get obsessed with time. And um, the good news is we're not the only ones that are obsessed with time because in the first four books of the New Testament, there's this man called John and he wrote the book of John in the, uh, the fourth book of the New Testament. And John was so obsessed with time too. In fact, in John's gospel, his book, he says that the word time 35 times. So you know he's pretty obsessed with time. And then he says, he mentions that, Jesus mentions that seven times he says the hour, Jesus' hour. And then Jesus says, you know what? My hour has not yet come. My hour has almost come. My hour has finally come. And what we're going to do is we're going to read it in a second. But in John chapter 2 is this. So I'm going to give you guys a bit of a context in John chapter 2. They're going to put it up on the screen in a second. But what happened is Jesus and the disciples got invited to a wedding. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they got invited to a wedding and they were going to celebrate, right? And this is, the, this is one of the, most, the, one of the first recording of when Jesus first did, did a miracle. And so Jesus turns water into wine. And this is like the wine lover's favorite Bible story, man. Um, so verse 3, it says this. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. When I read that statement... I feel like it sounds like a statement, but I, when, when I try to read the scriptures, you know, I try to put myself within the time just so I can imagine it and help me imagine what it feels like or what it, what it could be like back in those days. And when I read that statement, it doesn't sound like a statement. It sounds like more like a, like a command or an assignment. Like Jesus, like I can just see Jesus' mother Mary, like, Jesus, they have no more wine. And she got like her eyebrows raised like this, like they have no more wine, like commanding him that they have no more wine. So Jesus, do something about it. I know this, and I could kind of confer to this because at home, it's the same with my wife. It's like Vanessa tells me the rubbish is full and then eyebrows are raised. It's not a statement, it's a command, right? <laughs> and I'll do the same thing. Like V, like v would be wearing something nice like today. I'm like, V, you look very cute today. And I have my eyebrows raised. And she's like, that's good, Tom, but the rubbish is still full. Right? And I feel like this is like a command. And I love what Jesus says here. Verse 4, he says, Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied, because my time has not yet come. In fact, quick, quick, uh, quick facts is that four times in total, Jesus says, my time has not yet come. How, do we, how hard is it to wait on God? Anybody else have that feeling? Yeah, it's so hard to wait on God. And you, you, know, you know what you want. You know what we want. God, I want this. God, I want that. I want it now. And what the worst thing is to feel is when you're waiting on God, you know that God can do it, but He, he doesn't do it yet. Because you know that He's done it before He's going to do it again. So you know He could do it, but He doesn't do it yet. And it's really hard. And then you start to have these kind of, even if you're a normal Christ follower or you've been a Christ follower for a long time and you get past the Sunday school type of answers, you sometimes you go, you're like, where's God? God, are you here? Why isn't he doing anything about this? And I'm going to start asking, like, God, what, what, what are you doing while I'm waiting? 
What is God doing while we're waiting today? And I want to try to answer that question with scripture. What is God doing while we're waiting? And the good news is this, Transformers. While you're waiting, God is working. Let me tell you that right now. While you're waiting, God is working. So what is it God that what is God doing while you're waiting? That's the good news. You, while you are waiting, God is working. Because it says, while you're actually waiting and trusting on God, the scripture says that he is active in ways that you might not even know. Prophet Isaiah says this in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4. He says, since the world began, meaning from when it started, from when before we even had the concept of time, for meaning for all times, always, forever, and ever, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for what? For those who wait for him. While you are waiting, God is working. And you're asking like, Tom, the pastor Tom, like, how is he working? I don't see it. Well, sometimes God is working on it. Whatever it is you need, whatever it is you want, sometimes what I realize is it's not ready yet. And this is, this is I'll give you an example because this is so emotional to me. It's very emotional to me. You know, years and years ago when Vanessa and I were just in our, our early years in our relationship, you know, I love her so much and I love her so dearly. Um, but early on in our relationship, we were in some dark places that are, uh, in our relationship. In fact, you know, we were arguing a lot and we would argue about the smallest little things, like the smallest things. I'm not even, I kid you not. And then what would happen is we would constantly argue and then those small little arguments would turn into big arguments. And then it'll just be on a cycle. And then what would happen is we wouldn't speak for maybe a couple of days. And then we'd apologize to one another. And then we'd be okay. And then we'd do the same thing again. And the cycle goes over and over and over again. How many know you guys? How many know what I'm talking about? And then what happened was we, had, we just had, it was, it was just getting out of control. And we just had to sit down together. And we've made an emotional decision to just take a break from each other. And it was an emotional time. It was a very, it was a lot of crying. It was a lot of tears. It was a lot of hurt. But we had to make that conscious decision based on what we were going through in our relationship to take a break. And the focus was, this was the focus, to heal, to rejuvenate, to reconnect with God. And I could tell you during that process, I could tell you right now, when you don't have your, the, the person that you love the most, that you can confide with uh, for a very long time, you, 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 you become emotional about it. And I was so hurt because my, the love of my life and my wife-to-be was away from me. And so I was very emotional. I was hurt. I was crying. And I was waiting. And I, as I was waiting, I'm like, God, did I make a mistake in doing this? Did I make a mistake? Did we make a mistake? And I started praying, God, you know what? I need you here right now. I need you to comfort me. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Did I make a mistake? Where are you in this place? Where are you in this hurt? Where are you in this pain? Where are you right now? And then weeks would go by and I'd be praying the same thing. Where are you right now? God, where are you right now? And I'm seeking God more in the waiting. And I'm praying more in the waiting. And I'm seeing you more work in my life in the waiting. See, in the waiting, God will work. And I'm going to tell you this, that just because he seems silent doesn't mean that he's absent. So, now we know that my wife is here right now. Years later, we got back. 
<laughs> All right? And I'm so thankful to God because while I was simply praying and while I was simply waiting, while we were work, God was working and getting her ready to bless me and getting me ready to bless her in the waiting. In the waiting. And some of you are asking, well, why is God taking so long? I'm going to ask that for you because I know that everybody is probably asking that same question. Maybe, maybe, just maybe it is not ready yet. And God is working on it. Maybe it's not ready yet. Oh, I'll even challenge you. Maybe, maybe you're not ready yet. And, and God is working on you. Because, you know, God, like, you were praying, like, God, why don't you give me this? Why don't you give me this? Why don't you give me that? Like, you can't handle it yet. Like, a lot of us are like, God, I want more money. I want more money. I want more money. We're praying for an increase in our finances. And God's like, settle down. How about you become faithful with what you have first before I give you an increase? Maybe God is working on you. Or like you're like, you're praying, God, I want more influence. Increase my influence. Increase my impact. And God's like, hold on, slow down. I want to grow your character first. Because I don't want your talent to take you somewhere where your character can't. And God is saying this. God, God, is, God may say, you know, I want to mature you. I want to, I want to do something in you. And early, I remember early years in my ministry, I had to go through this rough patch. You know, I was praying, God, like early in my ministry, God, God, I need you to increase. I need you to give me uh, this thing called the Gideon revival. Give me a revival. Give me, give our ministry a growth, this, this huge growth. And he did. And then a few months later, the ministry went downhill. And I felt so bad and I started blaming myself. And I was like, oh, I was so hurt. And I started blaming myself. I felt so horrible and I felt so bad. And then God showed me that if I blame myself for the decrease, I might take credit for the increase. So God had something to do in me to prepare my character to handle what he wanted to give me. And what I realized during that time is that sometimes God does something in you before he does something through you. God does something in you before he does something through you. And we see examples upon examples upon examples in the scriptures of how God does something in somebody before they do his work or before God does something through them. One of examples is this man named Saul. And Saul, if you don't know, Saul in the New Testament, Saul hated Christians, absolutely hated them. He hunted them down. He tormented, tortured, and killed Christ followers in the early church. So he would hunt them down and he would be there to witness. In fact, he was there to witness Stephen's uh, martyrdom. And what happened was Saul was on the way to this place called Damascus. And Saul had this wonderful encounter with Jesus and he had this wonderful conversion. And then Saul then turned to Paul. And Paul, when he was converted, he was ready to preach. He was ready to go. I'm like, God, send me somewhere. Send me everywhere. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And if you read studies of Bible scholars and studies like biblical studies, you find out that it was actually over a decade that Paul was making tents before he started his ministry. Over a decade of making tents. 
So Paul had to depend on Jesus. Jesus had to prepare his character before he can fully exercise his gifts. And how do we know that? While you're waiting, what happens? God is working. So what do you do while you're waiting? That's a great question. Well, since you know that God is working, I want to tell you this. Don't waste the waiting. Don't just sit there and wait. Wait for a miracle. Wait for something to come up from the heavens. God, open up the heavens and I'll let it overflow. Don't wait passively. Don't wait passively. Wait faithfully. You know, whenever you go to a great, a good restaurant, what does a good way to do? They wait actively, right? When your cup or when your glass is empty, what do they do? They come and they fill it up without even you noticing it. Or when your plate is empty, what do they do? They come and take it so that it's out of your way. Don't wait passively, wait actively. And it's never easy. I know I get it. It's never easy, but I want to let you know to not waste the waiting today. Don't waste the waiting. Wait actively. And I want to show you something that may encourage you. It's, it's a bit of a, a history lesson. Is that okay with everyone? I love history. In fact, I was talking to, I think it was Mark last week. We were talking about history. And Mark, you actually inspired this, this, this section, Mark. So I love history. And what we're going to do is we're going to put something up on the screen right here. That's a timeline. There you go. All right. So from the time of the Garden of Eden, way before the creation, towards the birth of Jesus, what happened was the world was waiting on a Messiah. And the prophets in the scriptures were like, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. But they're asking the question like, why did God wait so long? Now we realize that the world wasn't ready yet. We realize that now the world wasn't ready yet. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at this for a second. There was this thing called the intertestamental period, which is right here. The intertestamental period. It's the period between, it's the 400 year period from the end of, of, of the book of Malachi towards Nehemiah to, to, to the New Testament, which is the book of Matthew. So it was that 400 year gap. And during that time, during the intertestamental period, God did not speak. God did not speak, which was brutal. Because before, when they were waiting, God was speaking through the prophets. At least God was talking then. How many of you feel like that sometimes? You know, it feels like you've been praying and praying and praying, and then God just goes dark and silent, and He just, there's nothing, you get nothing. Like, God, give me a sign, give me a feeling, give me a scripture, give me a worship song, anything, give me anything. But all you get is silence. I want to encourage you again that just because God feels silent doesn't mean that he's absent. Just because God feels silent doesn't mean that he's absent. I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to internalize that. That just because God feels silent doesn't mean that he's absent in your life. While you're waiting, God is working. And what is he doing? Galatians 4 tells us this. But when the right time came, what, when? But when, let's say that together. But when the right time came, not my time, not Yvette's time, 
Not Jason's time. Not Vanessa's time. Not Pastor Wadza's time. Not Paul's time. But when the right time came, what happened? God sent his son. And you look back and you're like, I now see why God waited. He waited for the exact right time. And during that, let's put that back again, media. During that 400 year period, the intertestamental period, a lot of things happened. I can give you 15 different things, but we're only going to focus on three. So what happened was, during this period right here, during the 400 year thing, what happened was the Socratic method, they call it Socratic method, became a new way of learning. Okay? Instead of the didactic method. Okay, so the didactic method was just a direct teaching of truth. And Socratic method became a new way of learning. It's when students were encouraged to ask questions. All right? And throughout the history, the second thing, throughout the history, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew until around 280 BC. The second thing is this the Old Testament was then translated into Greek. Bear with me because this is going to blow your mind, I promise you. The third thing is this. Alexander the Great conquered the whole world. And if you're curious, just a side note, if you conquer the whole world, they add great to your name. Now what happened was now, in this 400-year intertestamental period, there was now a common language. Everyone spoke a little Greek because Alexander the Great is from Greece. And what happened again during this period is that the Jews were forbidden to live in Jerusalem. They call it the uh, diaspora. And they were all spread around the world. And the Romans were developing roads and highways throughout the empire. So for the first time in history, for the first time in history, let's put that up. But for the first time in history, the first thing is people were encouraged to ask questions. And what did God do? God sends the answer, and his name was Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. The second thing is this. The second thing is everyone had access to the Bible in a language that they all understood. Or at least, at the very least, understood, which was Greek. And now, the third thing is the good news could now spread in a common language through the Jewish people to the entire known world. When the right time came, God sent his son. God's timing is perfect. And if you're struggling, I, I get that, I get that. And you're asking, God, when will you answer my prayer? My child, I've been praying for my child to come to Christ. When are you going to do something about that? Or, you know, I want a job with benefits or a house that runs, a house, a real house or a car that runs. And some of you, some of us right now, we're on this holding pattern. It seems like God is giving you the silent treatment. But I just want to encourage you today that just because God is silent doesn't mean that he's absent. Doesn't mean that he's absent. He's not ignoring you. He's not neglecting you. And I promise you he hasn't forgotten. And maybe, just, just maybe, maybe it's not ready yet. And God is working. And maybe, maybe you're not ready yet. And God is working on you. Or maybe, maybe, maybe God's not ever going to do what you want Him to do. 
Because God is not a magic genie. God, I want this. I get it. It says this in Isaiah. I'm going to encourage you today. Isaiah chapter 55 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you could ever imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your thoughts. And this is, this is something that we need to realize now. And I can't justify, and I, I don't know why God, if you're praying for healing, I don't know why God heals this and not this. I, I can't give you the answer to that. Because that's what makes him sovereign. That's what makes him supreme. I, I, I don't know. And maybe you've been praying for something that you wanted. And God might not be able to do that. Or God might not want to do that. Because his ways are higher than our ways. He's got a bigger plan for each and every one of us. And sometimes it takes the pain of waiting for us to realize that all this time he was working behind the scenes. All this time he had a bigger plan for us. All this time he had a better door than what we wanted. All this time we had, he had something better. He has a better plan than my ultimate plan for myself. And this is even true for Jesus. When he says, my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. We're going to put that up in the screen. He says, in, in, in John chapter 12, he says, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He's talking about himself. My hour as the Son of Man, the Son of God, is to be glorified. We're going to skip over to 27. It says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. I love what he says here. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. This is not what I want. We learned last week to surrender anything that we want to control. And that's what Jesus did. If you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wanted, God, if this cup will just pass, let it pass. But if it's by your will, I'm going to try to surrender what I want to try to control. And Jesus knew this. Father, glorify your name. This is what I want, to trust you, to glorify you. Because God, I believe you can. God, I believe you still. And God, I believe you will. Anybody else believing that today? Anybody else starting to believe that today? That just because he feels silent doesn't mean that he's absent. I need everybody to realize that today. And I'm so, so, so honored. Because God is, is working while we're waiting. We might not see it yet. We might not feel it. But God is working. Don't waste the waiting today. Amen? Amen. As, I, as I close today, as I close today, we're going to take a little bit of time in prayer. We're going to take a little bit of time in prayer because I don't know what you're, what you're praying for. I don't know what, 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 what you need, what your need is. And I want to encourage you. What we're going to do is we're going to pray today. And... Before I close, I want to ask you this question. What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for you? What if the God that you're waiting for is waiting for you? Because so often we think that 
I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to wait on God. He's going to do something. I'm going to wait on God. And we're just going to wait act passively. But what if the God you're waiting for is actually waiting for you? Waiting for you to take that step. Waiting for you to say the first word. Because Jesus says, I come to the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, I will come in. What if the God that you're waiting for today is waiting for you? You know, that's the question that I always wrestle with. That's the question that I always, always wrestle with today. If we need to take the first step, if we need to do this, if we need to do that, what if the God that you're waiting for is waiting for you? Would you stand with me today? Would you stand with me today? Prayer team, I'm gonna get every, I'm gonna get the prayer team to come up for a second. Prayer team, can I get can I just get the prayer team to just come up here for a sec? I feel like God is just leading us into a, a prayer a prayer season today. And what we're gonna do is, whatever you're praying for today, as we just learned, God is working in the waiting. Whatever you're waiting for God to do something in your life today that just because he feels, seems, and looks like he's silent, that he's not absent. And again, I want to ask you that question. What if the God that we're all waiting for today is actually waiting for you? As always, I want to, before we get into a time of prayer today, I want to just leave this, these questions for you. If you want to take a photo of it, if you want to write it down, you know, if, you, if, if it's your first time, your second time, third time, I want to welcome you guys. And this is something that we do here today. It's something that we do every single week. We just leave you with some questions to help you tone and shape your week. Something to carry on by, something to exercise. Faith without works is same thing with us so the, my first question is this how can I actively actively not passively how can I actively wait when God seems silent a waiting season is not a wasted season what are we going to do what, how can I do that how can I actively wait on God well you could try prayer try to press on try to get close try to serve someone Try serving somebody, loving somebody, honoring someone in the waiting. In the waiting. Because God's timing is perfect. Amen. The second question is this. What should I do if God wanted me to do, if, if God wanted to do something in me before he does something through me? What should I do if God wanted to do something in me before he does something through me? You know, some of us, some of us, we have it backwards. Like we think God does something through us before He does something in us. But it's always the other way around. What should I do? Talk to someone about it. If you feel that burn, that calling, if you feel like God is pulling you closer, if you know that God is pulling you closer, speak to someone about it. Serve. There's so many opportunities here transformed to serve. I kid you not. We love people 
And if you have a servant heart, if you just want to try it out, so many opportunities here in Transform. Serve somewhere. Seek, pray, speak to someone. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.